Seiko, Ani, bonjour, good morning. I'm Kathy Sabokin. This is Moment of Truth on 106.5 Element FM in Toronto and 95.7 in Ottawa. And I'm filling in today for David Moses. A campaign is underway to raise funds for a new building in Toronto to house Anishinaabe Health Toronto. It's going to be located in Toronto's Canary District, a historic district right adjacent to the distillery district. And part of the building will be on the site of once what once was the Canary Restaurant. Our guests today are working very hard on the fundraising campaign. Julie Cookson is executive director of the Anishinaabe Health Foundation. And Andre Morisot, he's one of the board members and also communications manager of the Ontario Native Women's Association. Welcome. Good morning, Kathy. Yes, thank you for coming in on this crazy... Rainy, rainy day. And before we dive into the new building and the fundraising campaign, what is the Anishinaabe Health Toronto? Tell us all about what you do. So uh, Anishinaabe Health Toronto is the uh, Indigenous Community Health Centre. And what it does is bring traditional healing practices together with Western medicine to provide um, physical primary health care, mental health and addictions programs for the community. And it's just for Indigenous it's for uh, Indigenous people and their significant others that are non-Indigenous. Well, now, where do you currently provide services? So uh, we have three locations, uh, one at uh, Queen and Sherburne, which was the original location of Anishinaabe Health, uh, one at Gerard and Sherburne, which is our mental health services, and we also have a small addictions program up at Charles Street East. And why is there a need for a health centre just for the Indigenous community? You can ask Andre. Well, I think that uh, Julie just pointed it out quite clearly. We have three locations. And we need to have one space where we can bring all of this great work together because uh, having it disjointed in different places is, uh, is a challenge. We need to have this new wonderful building that we are raising funds for. You're serving how many by number right now? Seventy. 70,000? Last year, last year we uh, served over 27,000 visits. Oh, I'm talking about visits to the services. If you're talking about the number of Indigenous Indigenous peoples in in the city of Toronto, you're talking about upwards of 70,000. Huge numbers. Huge numbers. And what is the success rate within this health community, offering traditional Indigenous methods, for example, versus going to a mainstream clinic? Um. It's hard to quantify because it's healthcare, but it's it's really about um, making people feel comfortable and at ease in in terms of being able to take care of themselves from a mind, body, spirit, and emotion side of things. So, um, but uh, we have over sixty plus programs and services available to support the community, and um, we are really trying to support people in in achieving their goals in terms of, um, you know from a physical health point of view, but also uh, from just daily life, finding places to live, uh, finding access to healthy food and uh, supporting where they want to, where, where they can work and um, how they can be a family together. And those, those 60 programs and services offered are in the areas of primary care, diabetes management and prevention, child, youth and family and mental health and addictions, including programs to help homeless leave the streets. That is a good thing. And what's the success rate so far? 
Well, I think that you want to grow. But well, yeah. success rate, I think, is, is something that is measured in twenty seven thousand visits speaks that there is a need. So the success would be, you know, coming from the personal interpretation. But we know that these services are needed here in Toronto. We need to have a place, a space where they can access everything in one location. And really, the success um, it varies from program to program. For for example, with our youth program, the biggest thing we're trying to do with uh, with Indigenous youth at the health center is to support them to graduate high school because having a, gra- a high school diploma is going to be one of the biggest um, indicators of future health for for a person. It may not be quite readily um, a connector for people that graduating high school is is important to health. But it, it's one of the most big, biggest indicators. And so, um, you know, for that group, the success rate of having more than half of the youth group um, achieve their education goals and graduate is, is a success for us. Truly fantastic. Now, how does it get from you need a new space, clearly, to now you have a new space on the way? Yeah, so... Um, it's it's been a long process to get to this point uh, where we're looking to break ground next spring. But um, you know, one of the biggest uh, if biggest milestones for us was after the Pan Am Games a couple of years ago, uh, receiving from the province the land where we could build this new center. Um, and so the land on Cherry Street near the distillery is um, was part of the Athletes Village for the Pan Am Games, and then came to us after the event to. Uh, be able to build this new center that'll bring all of our services into one area. Exciting. So it's a legacy gift. It is, yes. And yeah. in a really exciting area. Aren't it's, it? a, it's a legacy and it stands as really, figuratively, the foundation for a dream, for something exciting, something new. And that is what this uh, new facility will be, bringing traditional healthcare and modern healthcare, Western healthcare, bringing them together. And I think that is an extraordinary, extraordinary thing. In a modern facility that is designed with uh, Indigenous uh, perspective and beauty and culture, I mean, this will be an open place and inviting place for our Indigenous peoples. So exciting. I saw the photos. I mean, anyone can access them for new home for Anishinaabe Health and the pictures, the artist's rendering of the new space is just absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely. So how did you come up and like you had to choose an architect, obviously, you had to brainstorm ideas. Tell, tell us about that process. Yeah, so um, it's in partnership with the Ministry of Health and Long-Term Care because we are an accredited community health center. Um, but it was working with the, uh, a group of community members and also uh, people who have experience in building these large-scale projects and, and healthcare centers um, to choose uh, an architect that we could work with. And we've actually worked with two, one who I know was on your um, program a couple weeks ago from Six Nations, Brian Porter from Two Row Architects. And really, it's bringing healthcare and Indigenous architects together to create a really great um, space for, for care and healing and health in, in this area for us. Now, what I love as well is this whole little area has a lot of history. I was looking into it. So the Canary, the Canary, what everyone I think today knows of is the former home of the Canary restaurant. Started out as a schoolhouse, and then it was a hotel. 
and whiskey was stored in it during Prohibition. And then it became the Canary Grill until 2007. And then it was a real downturn recession, I believe, at that time. So the owners of the restaurant had had to give it up and it was closed down pretty much since then. And the owner of that restaurant, the Canary Grill, which is right at Mill Street and Mill and Cherry, right next to the new Cooper Coup YMCA, which is absolutely beautiful, which is right adjacent to the distillery district, in case anyone's trying to place where where that is. (laughs) Um, It's absolutely fantastic building. And I want to know, is is the original building still going to be a part of of the whole? Yeah. Um, so the, that building in particular, yes, it's a historic protected building. And that whole um, area bound by Mill Street, Cherry Street, Cooperage, and um, Front Street is going to be an Indigenous community hub. So in addition to our health center, there's going to be um, services for the community, such as uh, Ms. Beak Aboriginal Employment and Training, uh, an Indigenous daycare center, um, and some other services to support um, the community all accessible in one space. So um, that w- building will be a part of it. But also for our building in particular, we're looking at the history of that area as a watershed for the Donlands and the importance of nature. And of course, that connection to land for the community is important. So how do we bring that green space back into that space now that's basically a parking lot? and bring uh, ceremonial grounds and traditional medicines back to that area is important part of this project. Andre, you want to jump in on that? Well, you know, I see the importance of saving history, but I also see the importance of celebrating our indigenous history. Yes. And using this wonderful, wonderful project to be a part of something that's going to grow into a new history a part of the city that our Indigenous peoples can go to, to access many services and to really feel a part of their own community. I think it's beautiful. When I look at the pictures, it it appears like there are themes, nature, ceremony, natural light. Like how, how would you describe that? Well, I think you just said it beautifully. There you go. (laughs) Yes. Because it is. That's, you know, because, you know, when you're working with the architects, what you're also working with the different programs. So there are all these things, ingredients that are going in to building this new physical space using light, color, woods, uh, stone, all those wonderful uh, pieces will come together to build something that the city, this entire city, and the country can be very proud of. I, um, the main lobby reminds me of the Art Gallery, Art Gallery of Ontario with all of the wood. Oh, beautiful. The natural wood, like fantastic. Is there going to be a healing lodge in there too? There's going to sort of. Well, I mean, the whole building in some respects is a healing lodge um, and based on bringing in those natural elements and that connection to sky and land. Um, and even the architects envision the floor of the lobby kind of replicating the watershed and the, the river that runs through that area um, in the, of the city. Um, but uh, there will be ceremonial grounds on, this, on the uh, space, so a sweat lodge facility and space to do other ceremonies that are important to the community. Fantastic. Can anyone go in when it's built? Or, again, do you have to just be Indigenous or related to? Because it looks like a building. I'd certainly want a tour. 
Yeah, we're. I mean, we're we're a very welcoming organization. If anybody wants to see a tour of our current facilities, we're even happy to um, have people come by and and uh, and see the space. Um, and then when we do open, we are making plans that there'll be a way to celebrate the opening, but then in the long term of of how we can uh, use the building to make a relationship with the city between the Indigenous community and and the wider city, too. We're going to take a quick little break, and when we come back, we're going to dive into the fundraising and see how that's going. You're listening to Moment of Truth on 106.5 Element FM in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa, and on the Radio Player Canada app, or our website, elementfm.ca. That's E-L-M-N-T-F-M.ca. I'm Kathy Sabokin, filling in for David Moses. My guests today are Julie Cookson, Executive Director of the Anishinaabe Health Foundation, and Andre Morso. He's one of the board members, and he's also Communications Manager of the Ontario Native Women's Association. And we are going to play a song that you chose. We have a song by Buffy St. Marie. Who chose this one? Uh, You've got to Julie did. <laughs> Julie chose this? Yep. All right, Julie, this is for you. Thank you very much. Welcome back to Moment of Truth on 106.5 Element FM in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. And we are talking about the new building in Toronto that's going to house the Anishinaabe Health Health Toronto offices. More than that, not just offices, this whole health Health, center. Healing. Healing. Ceremonial grounds. Celebration. Celebration. It will be located in Toronto's Canary District next to the distillery district. Part of the building will be on what was the site of the Canary restaurant back in the day. How is the fundraising campaign going? Julian? Uh, it's going really well. So we, I mean, for, we're a foundation that just got started a couple of years ago, even though the health center has been around for over 30 years. Um, the, this is the first foray for the um, health center to go into the fun, fundraising air, area. And so um, we got actively started just over, just under three years ago. And um, we had a $10 million goal to help support the new home and also expand services there. And we're at just about $4.5 million, So. But you're still breaking ground. We, we are, yeah. So we have some government support for the project. We own our current location at Queen Street, which will be sold to support the new center. So we're about 80% of the way to the total cost for the new, new health center. Which I just want to say, uh, I, I, I said, uh, Julie, uh, because Julie, as the executive director uh, of the Anishinaabe Health Foundation, has been very instrumental in the success of our campaign. And as a board member, uh, I'm very, very proud of the work that's being done and very, very proud and appreciative of the work that Julie has done. Congratulations. It's tough. It's tough. There's a lot of competition out there for major donors, for example. And mm-hmm. and we weren't sure how, um, you know, it's, it's a new area for the organization uh, and, and fundraising in the Indigenous community hasn't been um, as active in general. So we weren't sure how donors and philanthropists would um, look to this project. And, you know, we've been quite um, happy with some of the the nice gifts that we've received to date to support this work. And actually one of the, one of the ones that's helping us to raise more money right now is a matching campaign. Um, The John C. Uh, Eaton and Sally Horsefall Eaton Foundation is actually matching donations dollar for dollar up to $300,000 because they know 
that uh, we don't have a huge list of, of supporters who've been supporting us for years and years and years. And they're really helping us to raise the sites and get new people involved in the organization. It's fantastic. And, you know, an, an, an initiative like that really is uh, open arms to people who haven't given you know, if you can give $1 and know that that $1 will be $2, then your heart's really going in the right right place and in the right direction when it comes to donations. So donate. Well, where can people donate? Well, uh, people can donate at... supportanishnabi.ca, which is Anishinaabe is spelled A-N-I-S-H-N-A-W-B-E. And for donations and pledges, over $5,000, recognition on donor wall or naming opportunities are also available. Okay, this is great. We'll put this on our website, too. That's great. I'm going to make the radio station do that. You you can find, because it's a tough spelling. It It is. It's a tough spelling. It is. (laughs) Kathy, can we we just talk about an event that we have coming up? Yeah. Because on... On June the 12th, from 5.30 to 8 p.m. at the National Club Rooftop Patio and Lounge, we have our third annual reception and auction. Tickets are available at www.supportanishinaabe.ca. It's $100, and that includes food and refreshments. The event costs are covered by corporate sponsors, so all proceeds of ticket sales and auction proceeds go to the campaign. Is that the National Yacht Club? No, no, then that's the National, National Club. The National Club. Where is that? Uh, that is, I do believe, on Bay Street, down around Bay and King. Okay, all right. And it's a beautiful, beautiful facility. So, and it's going to be a beautiful day because it's June. It'll be outside. It will be lovely. Uh, we use, we had our first two at the St. James Cathedral, their beautiful space. Yeah. But this space came available this year, and we're going there. So it's a beautiful, beautiful event. And we also have an auction and silent auction. Uh, I think last year we re- or we've raised, what, $75,000 so far with the first two yes. uh, events. So it, it's a beautiful, beautiful event and a great time to come out and actually see what the new buildings will look like. Oh, you can have the meet, artist's renderings. Exactly. And... Meet our supporters. Meet our board of directors. Come and meet Julie Cookson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Andre Morso. Fabulous. <laughs> Julie and Andre. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll repeat this again later in case someone missed it. You bet. All right. Now, so what is your goal, fundraising goal? So our goal, um, we set a goal of a $10 million campaign uh, to to support the center, but also help us to expand some of the, the programming there, especially in the areas that are um, outside of what the government would traditionally see as healthcare. So a lot of our traditional programs and traditional healing um, programs, like our ceremonies and um, uh, you know traditional teachings by the elders and the traditional healers connected to the center, all of that is... is you know, you wouldn't find that at a typical health center. And so that's um, things that we're helping to support. And it's also part of reconciliation. It's about reclaiming and restoring traditional healing practices that have been traditionally banned um, over over the course of history in Canada and also... Colonization. Yeah. Well, Since for colonization. example, what was banned? Uh, what, what powwows? Was banned? Ceremonies? Sweat Lodge? Leaving the leaving the reserve. I mean, you couldn't uh, oh, the, vote the until I think it was nineteen sixty two. 
Uh, there, so there's much. And then the residential school system and the 60s scoop. I mean, when you put things into a context of what we're trying to do here is this is reconciliation. This is reconciliation in bricks, mortar, heart and opportunity because what we want to do is we want – all of society, to understand that the traditions of our First Nations Indigenous peoples are of equal value and importance as modern medicine. But together, you can create something that will really be the future, really be a reconciliation. And I have to say, for me, coming to this community and, and seeing the work at the health center, reconciliation has been going on at, at Anishinaabe Health well before the 2015 report. There's been this um, idea of, of bringing doctors and nurses and nurse practitioners together with traditional healers, traditional counselors, um, and working um, to support the community and in, in moving forward in their goals. So it's, it's, been, it's been an act of reconciliation that's been going on long before the 2015 calls a, to action. A, re- a very, very valid point. And, you know, for uh, the non-Indigenous listeners out there, You have to remember as well that a lot of our Indigenous youth come to the city and they literally have nothing and they're looking for their own people. And Anishinaabe Health and many other Indigenous organizations in this city have been there with open arms to help because these uh, youth are coming from our remote communities with a lot of challenges and I think that something like the, uh, like, you know, the facility uh, is going to be a great welcoming space. Yes. I mean, it's overwhelming to go from a small, a small place to a big urban. It's almost like being an immigrant. You're going, it's just a culture shock. And definitely people need help. Yeah. And, and so Anishinaabe has been that place that is a bit more familiar for people. So, for example... Um, when you walk in the doors, you often smell sage burning, um, and it's a different smell than what you would find at a hospital or a doctor's office. And so that's that welcoming, familiar smell for a lot of people who come to uh, the center, and it's a way of putting people at ease um, and and making them feel comfortable about talking about the challenges that they're facing, both from their health, um, mental health, and in their life. So um, it's those types of things that are helping to... Uh, welcome the community. I also wanted to add there's people who've grown up in Toronto um, who have never been able to connect with their Indigenous past or or their roots or have um, been told to deny that they are Indigenous. And it's for the centre to be there as a way to reconnect to culture and identity is also important for people who've grown up in the city. I think uh, as well you, that you also have access to elders and all of their beautiful knowledge and then the youth have access to other youth, so they have a voice. So this kind of environment really is is uh, priceless. I really love that respect for elders. Just you mentioned that. I think there's just so much to learn from the indigenous community that we've squashed. I'm embarrassed about Canada and the past and the history. And I'm glad there's a positive step here. Yes, toward truth and reconciliation via this health center. Yeah, definitely, you know, 
it's many positive steps. Yes. It's, you know, one positive step, but many. And there are so many other faces and powers and people that have behind this extraordinary, uh, well, for me as a board member, as a community member, extraordinary experience. And uh, when that building rises and the community has this wonderful new space to express and grow and heal, I think it'll be better for all Canadians. Yes. And you are listening to Moment of Truth on 106.5 Element FM in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa, and on the Radio Player Canada app, or on our website, elementfm.ca, that's E-L-M-N-T-F-M.ca. I'm Kathy Sabokin, filling in for David Moses, along with my guest, Julie Cookson from the Anishinaabe Health Foundation, and Andre Morisot as well. We'll be right back. We're going to feature another song and honor song, Jeremy Dutcher. Whose choice was this? This is another Julie choice. Julie was very busy. Mine will be probably later. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yes. Fitting. I see what that is. I'm not going to give it away, though. Be back after this. Welcome back to Moment of Truth on 106.5 Element FM in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. It's 11.33 I'm Kathy Sabokin, filling in today for David Moses, and my guests are Julie Cookson, Executive Director of the Anishinaabe Health Foundation in Toronto, and Andre Morisot. He's one of the board members, and he's also Communications Manager of the Ontario Native Women's Association. And we are talking about their campaign to raise funds for a fantastic new building in Toronto to house Anishinaabe Health. It's going to be in Toronto's Canary District, right next to the Distillery District, right at... Mill Street and Cherry Street. Mill and Cherry? Mill and Cherry? Front and Cherry. I walk by it all the time. I don't pay attention to the street name. You know, I should do that. Part of the building will be on the site of what was the Canary Restaurant. And yes, the Canary Restaurant will be a part integrated into the new building as well. We want to keep the history there. And they've got a Just the building, not the restaurant. Not the restaurant. And if there is a restaurant, it would be much better. Will there be a restaurant in the... Health center, um, not at the health center, but on the indigenous hub that's developing there. We are hoping to um, attract. Uh, there'll be some retail area that we're hoping will attract indigenous businesses, like indigenous restaurants and others. Now you've been your fundraising is coming along. What is the date, by the way, or is there a date for groundbreaking? Uh, there's not a specific date yet, but we're ho- we're planning on it being next uh, spring. Uh, we're just working towards the construction uh, construction schedule now, so looking towards next spring breaking ground about a year from now. And are are there any people of note who've been really instrumental in helping get this off the ground? We're talking about Marie St. Clair. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so we were really um, lucky to have Senator Sinclair at a fundraising dinner that was um, organized by the members of Verity, which is a women's club on Queen Street East. And uh, that was last October, and they raised over almost $75,000 at that event alone. And they're actually looking at doing the event again um, this fall with Senator Sinclair. He's confirmed to be there for October 28th um, this year. And he he is an extraordinary man. How I so? mean. Well, I think that if we just uh, think about his name and the country, think about the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, the recommendations, I think Senator Sinclair is a a visionary. He is a part of uh, our collective sense of decency. Um, I mean, he's a listener. 
and to have a, the support of someone with such a scope and strength as Senator Sinclair, I think, speaks volumes to the work that we are doing. He understands. And, you know, and there are so many other extraordinary people that uh, have been supporting us. You know, like, for instance, uh, Dr. Gretchen Rohde, who wrote, uh, uh, recently wrote a beautiful book, Deepwater... Deepwater Dream. Deepwater Dream. And uh, she came to, once again, the Verity Club and gave a, 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 a talk about the book. And everyone who came got a copy of the book. I read the book. It's brilliant. But we raised, how much money did we raise that evening? Uh, it was $2,500, completely donated by Dr. Rohde, and that was matched dollar for dollar by our matching challenge donor. So it was $5,000, really. Which is, you know, each one of those small steps when you are fundraising is vitally important, not to mention the fact that everyone who attends tends, tells someone else. And then, you know, we want people to understand what this is that, that we're doing and, you know, wonderful support. And then, you know, like, for instance... Um, Chef Joseph Shawana, uh, he's got a beautiful restaurant, Cookham's Kitchen, and up on, I think it's Mount Pleasant. And uh, he, can you tell us just a little bit, Julie, about the um, the empty? Um, yeah, it's in the Gardner Museum. Uh, the muse- It's the Ceramics Museum in Toronto on University Avenue. They've been one of our first philanthropic partners. They've been supporting Anishinaabe Health for over 20 years, even before we had the foundation. Uh, they were supporting the health center with this um, event called Empty Bowls, where they get local chefs. It was started by Je- Chef Jamie Kennedy um, to make soups, and um, ceramic artists make bowls. And you get to try all of the different soups pr- created by these great chefs. And last last fall, we had uh, uh, Chef Joseph Swana came out to um, to be one of our chefs at the event and support the event. And he's done some very other other great opportunities to support us, both as a caterer and as a supporter himself. Yeah, everybody counts. Yeah. And uh, can we give a shout out to the uh, Wabano Health Centre in Ottawa? Yes. Yes, yes, yes Ottawa. They've been very, uh, they were very generous with their time in the, when we started the foundation and giving us uh, some tips and support on how to uh, fundraise with the community because they had built their own center there a couple of years ago and uh, really appreciate the help they provided. Terrific. Love hearing all of this. I found it very interesting. I was reading some of the Truth and Reconciliation's calls to action. There are how many? 94? 94. 94. And one of them, Action 61, is calls on churches in collaboration with Indigenous organizations to establish funding for healing and reconciliation projects at the local level. And I read an article that the Diocese of Toronto gave a a contribution. Yeah, we've had some really great support from faith communities. Um, The one that you're referring to is the uh, Diocese of Toronto for the Anglican Church, and they came on at a very leadership level, giving us a quarter of a million dollars for the project. The United Church Toronto Conference has also been really supportive. In particular there, the Trinity um, St. Paul's uh, Congregation and also Blur Street United um, they've all come on board. And interestingly, one, one of the first faith communities to support us was Sanata Mandir, which is a Hindu cultural center just north of the city of Markham. And they did a reconciliation walkathon for us and raised $57,000. Wow. So just really great supports coming from the faith community out there. What would you say are the biggest challenges you're facing right now in terms of getting the funding you need? I think that uh, the challenge that 
most of our indigenous community across the country has is the amount of actual um, support for uh, donations to different different entities, whatever it is. I think that uh, the country as a whole doesn't grasp the the need or the necessity for fundraising within the indigenous community, whether it's the arts, health. There are so many areas where the fundraising, the percentage is minuscule in comparison to the funds that are being raised by non-Indigenous organizations. That is a huge challenge. And it is almost a wake-up call for Canadians to understand that, you know, don't view Indigenous peoples and organizations through a lens that has been prepared for you. Look outside of the lens. Look beyond what you have been programmed to think and see the beauty the potential and the power of our indigenous peoples. And that's something we all have an opportunity to share and support. But how are you going to fix that? I mean, do you think we're getting better? I I remember growing up, we had no, absolutely no education in school about our, um, about our, the first people here in Canada, like very little. Well, I would say that sitting here having this conversation right now, is a part of trying to repair that. But it doesn't happen overnight. And it's a, it's a big country and a lot of challenges. But things like the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, for instance, is one small, extraordinary step. The other thing, we're, we are partnering with organizations that can help us raise the sites of philanthropists. So the Toronto Foundation, uh, we have... Um, we're part of a consortium of 18 charities that are they're working with to um, build a trust collective of 100 women philanthropists giving $100,000 to issues and organizations that support women in the city. And so we're part of the trust collective where we probably wouldn't have been there before. So it's, it's being um, out there talking about our organization, talking about uh, the areas and the issues that we're working towards uh, solutions for. And really giving people an opportunity to learn about our organization because really donors give to places that they know about and have experienced. So if we can bring people in for a tour, if people come out to our fundraiser event in June, um, it's just a way for us to start to build that conversation and have people support us. We're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we'll let you know you can get in on this action. I'm Kathy Sabokin. You're listening to Moment of Truth. I'm filling in for today for David Moses, and we'll be back after this. Welcome back to Moment of Truth on 106.5 Element FM in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa, and we are talking about the new building, the Anishinaabe Health Foundation building that's going to be located in Toronto's up-and-coming Canary District, where the Canary Restaurant used to be on Front Street, just off Front Street. Well, you know, on I, Mill Street. I, I, I often just allude to it because most Torontonians who would remember the Pan Am Games is the athletic village of the Pan Am Games. Right. And I think that is the legacy part of it. It was an extraordinarily successful Games. And now, as a legacy, we will have an extraordinarily successful uh, Anishinaabe Health Centre. But for all of Toronto to enjoy, because it's going to be a wonderful healing place. Healing we're talking about ways that we can get involved if we want to donate. 
And you mentioned earlier there's going to be an event coming up. So let's refresh on that one. Yeah. So one of the things we're helping people will do will support our matching challenge from the John C. Eaton and Sally Horsefall Eaton Foundation. That foundation is matching every donation up to $300,000 and they're matching it dollar for dollar. So if you give $10, it becomes $20. If you give $25, it becomes $50. So you can make a donation and it's fully tax receivable. We're a registered charity with the Canadian Revenue Agency. You can make that donation on our website at www.supportanishnabe.ca. And Anishinaabe is spelled A-N-I-S-H-N-A-W-B-E. And I think Element's going to put it on their website, we hope, after the show well, to especially help after direct we're it. saying that we're going to we have yeah. to be accountable. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Thank you very much for that. And there's an, this event on June 12th at National Club. That sounds very fun. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. On June the 12th from 5.30 to 8 p.m. at the National Club uh, at their rooftop patio and lounge. Uh, tickets are available at supportanishinaabe.ca. They're $100. That includes food and refreshments. The event costs are covered by the corporate sponsors. So all proceeds of ticket sales and auction proceeds will go to the campaign. The event has raised nearly $75,000 in the past two years. There's a great auction with Indigenous art, Indigenous restaurant gift certificates, sports tickets, golf, theater tickets, lots of great stuff that you can purchase and help us support. This is a great way to mark also Indigenous History Month and National Indigenous Peoples Day. Uh, The co-chairs are... Kelly Rogers and Alain Bartleman. It's hosted by Boytel Goodman, Fiera Capital, Guardian Capital, Leith Wheeler Investment, Link Luden, Ridgewood Asset Management, Rogers Investment Council. The venue sponsor is CIBC. Supporting sponsors are Aviso Wealth Incorporated, uh, BMO Wealth Management, Legacy Private Trust, TD Bank Group, the Design and Marketing Jensen Group, and the Door Prize Legacy Private Trust. So I think by listing that support, you're getting an, an idea that there are some people out there who are really serious about becoming involved. Great sponsors. Something else I want to know on June 12th at the National Club at this event. Is this a dress-up event, a business-casual event? I would say it's business-casual, but it is sort of dressy because it's a beautiful event and you know people like to dress up and uh, yeah. but you dress Put whatever makes on. you the the happiest you know uh, but business casual i say would be a business a nice casual way to say and it. is this a formal sit down kind of a dinner no this is a, this isn't a dinner this is a beautiful reception with the auction and we'll have wonderful special guests and performers performance it'll be it, it they are lovely events all right. Any performers of note that you can announce at this point? Uh, we've had uh, Young Creek drummers come out in the past uh, who've you know, done a drumming ceremony to open the event. Um, we have Andre Morisot or as our MC. He's a wonderful and funny MC and does a great auction uh, for the live auction pieces. Um, and then there's just a lot of like-minded people there that are, are interested in learning more about Indigenous health and supporting the Anishinaabe Health uh, center. Yeah, I loved I loved the auction part. I really did. I think that is so much fun. 
you know, when you're watching the dollars rise and going, give me five, 10, 10, 200, give me five thousand. You were the auctioneer. Yeah. And I'd never done it before. And I <laughs> loved doing it. For this. Yeah. Yeah. It was great fun. Great fun. Yeah. Did you get the speed going with the voice? Oh, totally. All I had was a couple of real cups of coffee and I was off. You were off. That was <laughs> perfect. Okay. So, I'm just so you've done so many things besides health. So, what led you into the health area working with me? Me personally? Health? Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, I think that just being a part of our community and, uh, our community, our indigenous community, is very close-knit in Toronto. And uh, there are so many wonderful people out there doing great work. And I've had the great honor of working in different areas of our indigenous community from the uh, National Aboriginal Achievement Foundation, Inspire, to the Chiefs of Ontario, to the Canadian Council for Aboriginal Business. And now proudly I'm with the Ontario Native Women's Association. And uh, it keeps me in the community and keeps me uh, happy. Yeah. How about you, Julie? How long have you been with Anishinaabe Health Foundation? Uh, I, I was employee number one for the organization. So I've been there just under three years. And I have worked with a lot of different health charities in the city. And uh, this was an opportunity for bring, to bring my skills as a fundraiser and and in capital campaigns to an organization that um, I thought was doing great work and has a lot to offer uh, around health beyond even the Indigenous community that look at wellness and how um, it incorporates traditional healing. So it was an opportunity for me to be a part of reconciliation in my city and to get to meet a great community and get to meet great people like Andre Moore. So. God. <laughs> well, I'd like to thank both of you for being on the show. Julie Cookson with Anishinaabe Health Foundation, along with Andre Morisot. Thank you so very much. And June 12th, National Club. And we're going to help you out. We're going to give you a little bit of push. I'll let Andre introduce this next little song that we're going to. Well, uh, I think that a little super tramp, give a little, <laughs> give a little bit is a, a fitting way to uh, end uh, what I think. And I want to say thank you, Kathy, and thank you to Andrew uh, and Element FM for giving us this opportunity with uh, this closing song, Give a Little Bit. Give a little bit. Give a lot. Give a lot. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> and get it matched.